You're listening to Yes to Employment, a podcast series that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transition-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today, the Yes Center's Dale Verstegen talks with Cecily Colson, the Executive Director for the Washington Initiative for Supported Employment, or WISE, Kisa O'Quinn, a Program Manager with WISE, and Carla Lynch, the Employment and Community Inclusion Program Manager with the King County Department of Community and Human Services, Developmental Disabilities and Early Childhood Supports Division. They discuss diversity and inclusion and have a surprisingly forthright discussion about how to elicit input from people across cultural barriers. Dale Verstegen here with Carla Lynch, who is the Employment and Community Inclusion Program Manager for King County in Washington, the state of Washington. Uh, Also with us is Kisa O'Quinn, who's the Program Manager for WISE, and Cecily Colson, who's the Executive Director of WISE. Uh, Thank you three for taking time out and meeting with us here at the TASH conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Sure, thank you for having yeah. us. Yeah, appreciate your appreciate you being with us. Um, so one of the reasons that we decided on this particular uh, podcast is you're here to present on diversity, uh, but uh, you're, you're presenting this as a conversation and, uh, and that, that you want to advance. And it wasn't just diversity. And so one of the things that I think intrigued us to do this podcast is this relationship between diversity and inclusion and how those are very different things. And, and inclusion really uh, poses a much more significant challenge, but opportunity. Sure. So with, with that, I think really, uh, I'd like to go ahead and get started with our conversation. And, uh, and, and what I'd like to know is what, what interested you in this topic and, and what motivated you to bring this, this conversation uh, to the TASH conference? I think that for me, one of the things that I think about is what is the next big thing that we need to do to move, at, you know, advance our field, move, move forward in our field? And uh, as when Sus and I were talking earlier, You know, what is the thing that we're not doing? And when we look at uh, inclusion, um, particularly around individuals of color, families of color, um, we're not quite where we need to be in terms of including those folks in the conversation who's not in the room. Yeah, so Carla, when you say we, um, are you talking your department? Are you talking... uh, broader than that in terms of King County in, in the state of Washington? I, I, I'm thinking broader, just, you know, sort of as a community uh, in, in the field of our work. Um, but certainly at King County, we're having those conversations as well. I should back up and uh, share a little bit about my role and, you know, sort of where we fit in, the, in all of the puzzle pieces of our work. Um, King County uh, serves as a systems partner uh, and we collaborate with state partners with 30 plus contractors in King County to deliver 
employment and community inclusion services. So we're a systems partner. We have other systems partners sort of make the work happen day to day. Um, so when I look at uh, our service system, our service system is in King County. It's remarkably white. Um, and again, I go back to who's not in the room, who's not part of the conversation. And one of the things that resonates for me is, uh, and I was thinking about this yesterday on the plane on the way down, was if you don't see yourself as part of the circle of conversation, you won't won't lean forward and lean into the work, or lean into the conversation, rather. Um, I think about my own experience. I, I am white. I have lots and lots of privilege. But when I think about you know, inclusion, exclusion, um, I've spent uh, a great deal of my life trying to, quote, make up for the fact that I have a disability. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. You should just be able to show up yeah. and be part of the conversation. You don't need to make up for the fact that you have a disability. You don't need to make up for the fact that your uh, primary language is not English. Right, right. Um, and so I think about our work and I you know, again, what is it that we're not doing to move our field forward um, and to bring people into that conversation? We can only learn if we listen and if we're listening to the folks who can share their personal perspective on that. Yeah. So when you say uh, your department is very white, do you mean as employees, or do you mean as the folks that are receiving the services from your department? Well, I was speaking uh, in, pardon me, I was speaking uh, in relation to just King County in, in terms oh, of a community. In oh, oh, yeah. as, a, as, as a population. Yes. Um, okay. That said, I, I think that our service system uh, and the folks that are receiving services or the folks that have an easier time of accessing services remarkably white oh interesting remarkably white yeah good good so kisa um same question you know what interested you in the topic and what's motivated you to to participate in this conversation here here at tash i think i have been intrigued by the topic i happen to be an african-american woman and i've worked in supported employment for i think the last 15 or 16 years and often when i show up i show up by myself and so the conversation is very different for me than my colleagues um, that it's an ex i feel like it's an experience that i'm a part of and i often have this conversation with other people of color but we don't have a conversation in the room that's inclusive of people who can help us move anything forward. Like we walk outside and we'll say, did you hear that? Or did you, oh, did you right. see that? Or how did you feel about that? And we have a shared experience that I felt like since this conference was about inclusion and diversity, this was an opportunity to make it a bigger conversation and invite more people. Yeah. And I think that's um, 
I always think about diversity and inclusion is about belonging, right? And so oftentimes I haven't felt like I belong. I've witnessed conversations and I've been privy to things happening, but haven't always been invited into that environment. And so um, part of my role at WISE is around creating space and capacity for people to move forward in employment. And it felt like as a woman of color, I have an opportunity to use this as a platform to speak for other people who can't show up and do that. So I feel, um, you know, oftentimes people say they don't want to ask my opinion because they don't want me to represent a whole group of people. But I often say, but I'm still one of the people who needs to be addressed. Right. So I still need you to ask me. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I'm really excited about the opportunity to just really share my story about how I show up as a, as a woman of color in this field um, and sometimes how it aligns me with the people that we support around um, feeling confident or not feeling confident, um, how do you assert yourself, those kinds of things. So um, I'm, I'm actually really, I'm very, very nervous because this is not a form that um, people of color often get to show up in, um, but I'm, I'm really honored at the same time to be here. Yeah. So. You talked about, you know, uh, people might hesitate to ask, and, and that really resonated with me because I, I think if you were with me in a, in a group, I, w I, would, I would hesitate mm -hmm. to ask you about that, thinking that, you know, you're rep you know, can you or should you represent, you know, a certain group of people as, as a whole. Uh, what would you say to others like me to encourage me to do something like that? I think that everyone has a story. And so if you lean in with hearing someone's story, there's multiple perspectives on anything that happens, right? So if you walk into a room and you have five people who present with a disability, how they walk through life is not the same. Yeah. You still want to hear it because it's part of the mosaic of diversity. So if you ask me my story and you practice with me on how to show up, and lean in and listen to me, it gives you an opportunity then to ask another person and give them the same space to tell their story. And then you get to start to weave the narratives around what does diversity look like, how you need to show up, yeah. what do you need to do differently. Yeah, so what I heard you say, and I need you to correct me on this if I'm not getting this right, okay. is that I really shouldn't ask you the question from the context of, of being black, I should ask you from, from your personal from a more personal approach, your personal story, but recognizing that yep. you're black. Yep. Am I getting that straight? Yeah, because I think when I walk in the room, I want to be an empowered person first before I want to be a black person. Yeah. So yeah. if you ask me my experience and I tell you that, which is peppered with my experience of being a black person, right. then I think you give me, you let me be my authentic self. Yeah. You, you get to embrace who I am as a person, and I think you build uh, community and communion between the two of us when you do that. Yeah. And I think it makes it easier for you to have that conversation with other people. Yeah, great. That's fantastic. So, so Cecily, um, when you talk about, which is the same question, you know, sure. why, why interested in this topic and what motivates you, I think it would also be good to uh, just give a blurb about your fine organization, which oh. is WISE, and, <laughs> oh, and I think for some of the listeners, sure. I think sure. they may not know as much about your organization. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I, um, WISE is a, a training and technical assistance organization, um, a nonprofit version of, of those services. Um, centered in Washington State, um, tangentially centered in Oregon right now, doing a bunch of work there, and, and with a sprinkling of other projects we're doing around the country right now, uh, but all focused on supported employment. So 
Um, our long name is the Washington Initiative for Supported Employment. So if you think about being able to do training in TA, we have the luxury, I think, of being able to stay in the employment lane and really try and focus. And we were built to serve a state, to be a stateside training in TA group. Um, so we're a model that um, not every state has. Um, and my hope and vision is that every state can have some sort of a formative model, whatever it looks like, mm -hmm. um, because some of us grow up in those places and we wanna help develop capacity you know, based on our own experiences, kind of dovetails nicely into this conversation because there are many differences across the country, you know, geographical, historical, you know, opportunities in business may vary, all of those things. Um, so the range of what all the national view on training in TA can do is one element of capacity building. But when you grow local, you also have, you know, some really, targeted specific expertise and and so I've blessed to have grown up in a system around employment where I've been raised to go local first and then try and help others replicate what we're doing um, so that's wise um, a lot of great people with expertise and a range of things around supported employment whether it's the people that are good at employer engagement or people that are good on the uh, Medicaid, Medicare, structural policy side of things, or uh, the practitioner development. So we're a little, you know, group of about 25 of us that can touch the span of all of those different elements of need. Um, and King County being one of our um, largest and longest term partners, um, a lot of the work that WISE does is in King County, and that's what brings Carla and Kisa and I together in this conversation is what happens in Seattle and the outlying areas there. Um, we work together really closely on trying to make employment reality for whoever wants to have a job. And, and for me in this conversation, I surround myself with people like Car Carla and Kisa who, um, who challenge me personally to think about what's next and to think about um, what's missing or what, and we're supposed to be built to try and be in that space and to develop from that perspective. And I personally come into this conversation feeling very naive in a lot of ways about where to go and how to expand and, and look at um, the intersection of diversity and inclusion. Um, if I look at it even deeper in my own story as Kisa's teaching me and helping me come out of, bring my own self into it, it's more, uh, everybody has a story, you know, and mine may be that I um, show up and I have privilege as a, a white middle-aged woman and with the uh, things I've been afforded, also happen to be a gay woman. So then, you know, my, my lane may be one I can tuck in my pocket and hide from if I choose to. Um, and then I can, you know, not be as authentic. And so there, there's a balance, and then when you start personally struggling with this conversation, you start to realize how similar maybe we all are, um, but then how similar we all are in siloing ourselves and not coming together and doing what you just did with Kisa, like, hey, tell me where I'm at here and show me how to be at, at a deeper level of relationship. And I mean, really, if we're all working on inclusion, um, we're talking about being included yeah, and we're talking yeah. about sometimes it's awkward for us to talk about these things because we don't want to do the wrong thing right. 
Um, and on the same side, by not doing that, we're isolating ourselves and we may be isolating somebody else. Yeah. And it, so there's unintended consequences all around us that I'm discovering as I open up this, you know, my own vulnerabilities in the conversation. Sure. Um, but, you know, I've worked on supported employment for 25 years now, and I don't think we're doing a very good job. Right. And people aren't included, and people want work, and they have an offer in the business community. And, you know, in, in our own neck of the woods in Washington State, nearly 90% of the people that get services are white. Uh-huh. I mean, we have data. And I'm like, okay, that's not every person with a, di- that does not represent the disability community right. in, in my state where I live, yeah. and certainly in many states across the country. And so, so we're just now, okay, let's recognize where we're at. Let's try and do a better job of this. And part of that's, let's sit down and talk about where we're at and what are we missing? You know, what are we missing and what can we do better together? Yeah. So. You, you brought up the fact that you also consider yourself to be part of the gay community. And, uh, and so I have a similar question to Kisa's, you know. Uh, if I am wanting that kind of input, uh, because it does represent something that's different, um, do you need to declare in order for me to ask you? I mean, what, how? I, you know, I, I actually just learned, I listened to Keith and I'm just going to do what she does. Because um, <laughs> I thought it was a great answer, which is um, talk to me about my story. Yeah. Get to know who I am. Yeah. Ask me, you know, who I'm with or, you know, you know, are you married is an interesting question. Sure. It's not, you no, know, what's your husband's name? Right. Right. Which right. is what happens to me often, especially when I'm in social settings. So, you know, if I have a ring on, somebody will say, well, what's your husband's name? And it's, and it's in a really nice way, sure. you know, um, but that's just a norm. Then I'll say, well, her name's Val, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, I don't want that to be, and I do it in as, much, as a nice, easy way with a smile sure. as possible. And then we just move on from there. Sure. Um, it, but it's kind of like, well, let's just ha- you know think about getting to know me, yeah. just like, and you know, I'll do the same with you, sure. and then we'll find out who each other are, and yeah. and it's the same thing I think that I was taught by some of my mentors when I came into this work was, you know, look beyond the disability in the eyes of a person, and and get to know them. you know, because that just may be the reason you got connected because it's your job right now but really look beyond and, and look into the person and try and do that. And I, you know, I sometimes I forget that that's just really what we're doing, right. you know? And that's what we're asking people to do when they go out and provide services is to go meet people that are doing business and get to know them, right. get to know what they care about, ask them what's important to them, get to know their story, and then try and help them get to know more people that you know, you know, so. And I think, or, uh, is there a timing issue with this in terms of that conversation or those questions? I mean, so one of the first things that I, you know, I, I notice differences in people. Sure. But, you know, I, I don't feel like I should lead with that, you know, um, or, or should I? I mean, because 
I, I can see this as, it, it's still a tricky conversation, right? It's a balancing act. Like, do I want to identify the differences or, because I've, I've been raised that I'm supposed to identify the similarities. I'm supposed to find common ground with people. So if I lead with, a, a great example is I did a lot of work at the University of Tennessee I, and I lived there for six years, and one of the first things they would say when I opened my mouth is, well, you're not from here. You're not from these here parts, are you? And, and I feel like, for me, that's kind of making me talk about my differences. That, so, and, and they're just curious. They're being nice. That's their opening line. But now we're talking about where I'm from and how that's different than where they're from. Right. So, any thoughts about that? <laughs> now, obviously, I have this opportunity, and I have these dilemmas. So, yeah, what, what do y'all, what do y'all have to say about that? Yeah, Carla. I think um, what's resonating for me as I'm listening to our conversation, it's this, it's a different version of the same struggle that we have around how do we um, interact with persons with disabilities. I happen to be a person who uses a wheelchair and um, you know there's still this I'm really curious about what happened you know what's her story why and and there's this that moment of awkwardness like do I acknowledge it do I not yeah. um, and I, I would you can't separate um, you know, that's part of my identity. I'm a yeah. person who uses a wheelchair. I have a disability. Sure. Um, so it is part of my identity. Um, and I don't mind talking about it, but it's the, it's a different version of what Kisa shared, which is talk to me about my story as a person. Okay. And then once we develop that relationship, you know, I'll, I'll where, give you the particulars about you? how, yeah. you know, why I use a wheelchair. And so it's, I think it's, this, it's the same struggle that we've had sure. for decades, years, centuries around how do we talk about disability? This is a version of that same yeah. story. I also so. think about this morning when I was trying to figure out like where do people get stuck and so I wrote down a list of labels that I use for myself oh. and so I was thinking about I was imagining myself doing post-it notes and thinking of all the labels about how I show up and sticking them on and how they cover at some point they cover my name and you can't say, see my name anymore but what's the first thing that people see when they walk through the door I think about they see that I'm brown and I'm a female so then I, I think about and try to anticipate what that means for other people but I think I'm an intentionally curious person mm -hmm. and so I think um, you know we've had a conversation before where I talked about get to and have to I've lived in a world where I have to speak up and ask, and I think sometimes people in the dominant culture, which are typically people who present as white, don't have to show up that way. Right. Right. So I think now you have to force yourself to lean in and be curious and be respectful with your questions and be mindful, and it's all uncomfortable and it's all ugly, uh -huh. but there are several groups of people who have always lived that way, right? Yeah. So I think it's part of going back and thinking about for yourself, does this have enough value to me? Uh -huh. Do I want to get to know people and do I want to be bigger? Right. 
And so then I think that's when you tease yourself into that place of being, this doesn't feel good, but I'm gonna sit here uh -huh. and I'm gonna learn how to move through it, yeah. right? It's like yeah. going through the storm. You can't stop in the storm, you'll stay wet. You sure. gotta keep moving to get to the other side. So yeah. I think I would encourage you to keep moving through the storm. And even though it's hard and it's uncomfortable, know that some people have lived their whole life being that uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great, yeah. That, helped, that gives me a really good perspective on that. Yeah. Um, so, how, how do you see the diversity conversation playing out within your organizations? And, uh, and, and, and sorry, I'll start with you, Carla, because you're, you're talking about a, one very large county. <laughs> and, and, and so that's, that's uh, it, it, it's interesting to me. How do, you, how do you, where do you go with this with something, with an organization that's that big and, and, and not as maybe diverse as it should be. Right, so um, I have the privilege of working for the largest uh, county in Washington State. And I think how this uh, issue or this opportunity plays out in our organization is that um, I know when I came to King County five and a half years ago, there was lots of conversation about uh, equity and diversity, and I came from an organization where those conversations weren't happening. And I thought, oh my gosh, I know nothing. I, I was a blank slate. And um, so I started having conversations. I drank a lot of coffee with folks. And mm -hmm. you know, I always say never underestimate the, the power of a cup of coffee. And I, I just said, you know, help me learn what this means. And I struggled with it. And um, ultimately what I came to for, for me and for our organization is that um, equity is the lens by which we do our work. It's not separate from our work. It's not an add-on to our jobs. It's the lens that we view our body of work, our body of service, um, both to the provider community, to individuals, to families, mm -hmm. to partner organizations. Um, and I, I just, you know, the message that I got in a positive way was everyone's, well, let me backtrack and say that this, is, it's not a definitive point in time. Um, so, you know, you, you learn and then you're done learning. That's with life, right? And so, the message I got was, this is a continuum. Mm -hmm. um, join us on this journey. You don't, there isn't a right or wrong. There isn't a place we're trying to get to, but we need to weave this conversation continuously into our work. And so daily, we have conversations in our office about um, you know, I touched on it earlier, who's not at the table? Who mm -hmm. needs to be part of this conversation? Whose voice are we not hearing? Um, and it, it's really that, the lens by which we do our work um, and being on the continuum of learning and growing yeah. um, and being willing to be in a place of vulnerability and say, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think if you create a culture where it's safe to say, I don't know, or this is a blind spot for me, that's when you open yourself up 
and your organization up to, to learning. Yeah, good. And now WISE is an important partner to King County. And uh, so same question for, you, for, for WISE. How, how, do you, how do you see moving this conversation forward within your work uh, within employment and training? Sure. I think for me, um, I, I show up in it. I think that it comes out in my conversation. I think about when I'm with families, um, who rep represent communities of color, how I listen and ask questions and um, tease out maybe questions that other people don't normally ask them, like culture and, and how does that impact services for them. Um, how do I serve as an advocate? Because sometimes I, my lens is different, so I see things, so I speak up. But I think the challenge for me is within the organization WISE is to really um, really to challenge the people that I work with because I value those relationships. And um, how do I show up even just on my job mm -hmm. and talk about how do we bring in other people to present a voice in training and how are we, um, how are we infusing diversity there? So I think that for me is maybe not outside the doors but doing work inside the doors if that made sense okay yeah and by inside the doors you mean within your own organization? within my own organization so I think it's asking Seth to you know to create opportunities for me to talk about diversity equity and inclusion um, how do we you know think about training and um, give me opportunities to build my skills around being an, uh, a person who's going to maybe one day go out and do training and stuff on it and technical assistance and training so I think kind of pushing people who um, aren't used to having those conversations, doing that in my own company. Yeah, good. And Cecily, you've talked about how KISA has helped with this whole sure. conversation yeah. within your own organization. Anything else you want to add to that? I'd just say, um, you know, there's, so I have a formal role, right, in this right. story. Um, and I recognize in that role um, that the very thing that I've wanted all along, mission, centric about um, equitable employment for people um, can as much start with me understanding what that means for myself as well as what how do I create a, a safe and healthy space in my own organization for us to evolve and grow and um, start to diversify both our learning um, our conversation so being having some dedicated time uh, to be together around this topic, um, engaging my board in the conversation and also having them think about how to be um, evolving as a group um, so that they're representative of the conversation and the learning that's going on. And um, I, think, I think it's really important for, uh, in a formal leadership sense, um, that folks that are in my position in our community organizations really um, take note of this conversation and get in the conversation and start to think what it means for their organizations. Um, we, you know, this is always, Carla said about belonging, it's always been about belonging for me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and I see employment as a powerful way to make that statement. And so um, in order to take this thing to the next level, I have to lead from, from this lens and, and think about um, learning and growing as an individual first and then allowing that to happen for my coworkers as well. Good. And that's what, my commitment now. So. Absolutely, that's, that sounds really, 
really um, like an, an, a golden opportunity. And I think, and I can start to see how that is directly related to our mission in yeah. terms of integration of people with disabilities. And I just want to say to all three of you that um, in bringing this conversation uh, to this conference, Tash, and, uh, and allowing me the opportunity to talk to you both first on the phone and then now today doing this podcast, that you really have helped me uh, feel comfortable talking about the differences that you all have in relation to me. And uh, you've, you've helped me, uh, kind of, you, you, you've given me permission and you've actually motivated me Good. to really, uh, but also help me to figure out how to sure. individualize this in a way that doesn't start with the difference, it starts with the individual. So, so I wanted to thank you for just this opportunity and, and what I've been, I personally have been able to get out of it. Great, thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. You've been listening to Yes to Employment a podcast that seeks to improve competitive integrated employment outcomes for transition-aged youth and young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Today, Dale Verstegen spoke with Cecily Colson and Kisa O'Quinn from WISE and Carla Lynch from the Developmental Disabilities and Early Childhood Supports Division with the King County Department of Community and Human Services. You can learn more about WISE at www.gowise.org and more about the Developmental Disabilities and Early Childhood Supports Division at the kingcounty.gov website. For more about Yes to Employment, including show notes, links to resources discussed, a complete transcript, and a schedule of episodes, visit www.yestoemployment.org podcast. You can subscribe through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app to have the series delivered automatically to your device so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating on iTunes. Ratings will help us get the series in front of more listeners. Yes to Employment is a production of the Youth Employment Solutions Center, the National Training and Technical Assistance Center that serves as a hub of information and expertise for the Partnerships and Employment, or PIE, state projects. The Yes Center is a collaboration of TASH and Transcend. You can learn more about TASH at TASH.org and more about Transcend at Transcend.org. That's T-R-A-N-S-C-E-N dot org. You can receive updates from the Yes Center on this podcast and our other activities by following us on Facebook or on Twitter at Yes to Employment. Partnerships and Employment is a series of seed grants funded by the Administration for Community Living's Administration on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, made to states for the purpose of transforming state disability support systems to competitive integrated employment. AIDD is dedicated to ensuring that individuals with developmental disabilities and their families are able to fully participate in and contribute to all aspects of community life in the United States and its territories. Music for Yes to Employment is an original composition and performance by Sonny Seferati, the co-director and autistic self-advocacy mentor at The Musical Autist. You can learn more about The Musical Autist at www.themusicalautist.org. We'll have another episode on competitive integrated employment for you in the near future. Mm-hmm.